I'm not even talking about hunting small game. I'm talking about hunting songbirds. Kids in the neighborhood, us kids in the neighborhood, we would, we would try to kill a bird, any kind of a bird, anything that moved. And the way we went about that is we, we made homemade bows and arrows. You kids ever make a, your own bow and arrow? If you ever tried that, that's not very successful. I don't tell you. I don't know how the Indians did it, but I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's some trick to making your own bows and arrows, and, and we weren't very good at that. And we would shoot at those birds. I mean, we never got one. Constant failure, constant failure. But finally, one of the boys got a BB gun, a real gun, a BB gun. And we took that thing out, and we shot, and we killed a bird, a little songbird. <laughs> I remember how bad I felt after that. After all those times trying, and we finally succeeded, and we killed a bird and felt so bad about it. Um, today we want to talk about getting birds, killing birds, catching birds. We want to look to a Bible reference about a bird hunter. Look at that text that was read for us just earlier. Ethan read Psalm 91, beginning verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. He shall surely deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. The fowler right there, that's the Bible word uh, that we want to, to base our lesson upon. A fowler in that in that language, we don't use that word anymore, but a fowler is someone who hunts and captures birds. And so there's something in this passage in Psalm 91 that talks about the snare of the fowler. We want to try to build our lesson around that expression this morning. We stop here just briefly to thank you all for being with us on this Lord's Day. Uh, we have a, a, a glorious day in Middle Tennessee, it's, and it's made even better by virtue of the fact that it is a Lord's Day, and that we have the privilege to come together with God's people to worship and serve Him, to honor and glorify our Creator. This is just a great privilege. We should never take it for granted. We're, we're so blessed to be able to do this. And we're encouraged by your presence here to participate in this as well. Thanks for coming. We're glad that you're here we hope that all will be pleasing to God and edifying to us. We, we thank you all. Thanks to our visitors who have come today as well. We're glad that you are here. Let's talk about the snare of the fowler. And I think we can draw some lessons from that symbolism. The idea of catching a bird, maybe catching him in a net. Uh, probably not shooting him with a BB gun like we did, but just the idea of catching a bird, the snare of the fowler. What do we know about this? Well, we know some things about the way a fowler, one who wants to catch or kill birds, we know something about the way he does his work. And our parallel will be not just the fowler, but Satan too. Satan is the one that the psalm is talking about. The psalm, our text, is not talking about bird hunters. It's talking about Satan. And Satan's not interested in literal birds. He's interested in us. He wants to ensnare us. He wants to catch us. And so the fowler there in the text of Psalm 91 is not, the, the, the point of it is not about bird hunters, but about how we can be ensnared spiritually. We know Satan is a real enemy. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says he is our adversary, and he's constantly looking for a way to take advantage of us. So let's draw a lesson. 
how would a fowler go about his work? Because in that we will see how Satan does his work as well. Well, first of all, we know that a fowler, one who wants to catch a bird, has to work secretly. He has to disguise his intentions. Birds have really keen eyesight. We all know that. Uh, in fact, when some of us go out hunting, uh, for instance, uh, in the spring we like to hunt turkeys, and in the fall and winter we like to try to get a duck. But I tell you, if you're going to go after that kind of bird, you're going to have to cover yourself up. You're going to have to disguise yourself. What do we do? We camouflage, right? We wear camo clothing. Uh, in fact, with a, if you're hunting turkeys in the spring, you camo up, you've got to wear gloves, you've got to put a mask over your face, you've got to really disguise yourself, not be obvious. You can't be obvious. If you're obvious, you're not going to get any chance at all. When it comes to catching spiritual prey, Satan knows this too. And therefore, he has to cover up. He has to disguise what is plans are, what, what his goals are, what he wants to do with you. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 17 says, surely in vain the net is spread, notice, in the sight of any bird. If the bird can see it, uh, you're not going to catch him in the net. You're going to have to disguise that. Satan is aware. He knows that if we could see sin for what it really is, and if we could see the awfulness that it brings into our lives now and the ultimate eternal destruction in hell, if we could see that, if we got a good view of that, then we would want to stay far away from sin. And so what Satan has to do is he has to try to hide that. For instance, think about this, uh, the sin of drinking alcohol. Uh, if, the, if when I was first tempted to drink alcohol, I could see where that would lead to. If I would pay attention... If I drink alcohol, look at the people whose lives have been just completely ruined by alcohol. If I could get a picture of that, uh, then then I, I, there's no way I'd want anything to do with alcohol. But what, what does Satan do? He tempts us by showing people in a, in a sort of a joyous party atmosphere. Oh, these people are having great fun. Alcohol must be really fun. It must be... So he disguises it. You see, he camouflages it. If I could really see it. But he, he's trying to keep it hidden from me. Uh, that, that first time a person's tempted to smoke tobacco. You know? It looks like a cool thing to do, you know? Cool people smoke cigarettes. If you could see that guy laying in his hospital bed dying of lung cancer or, or coughing uh, endlessly with emphysema, if you could see the physical consequence of where that sin leads and also the spiritual consequence of where it leads, then you'd want to stay far from it. When young people are tempted with sexual immorality and fornication, uh, it, it seems so enticing at the moment. It seems like the thing to do. And, and by the way, you know, the argument is that everybody's doing that and so... But if you could see the heartache that it brings into people's lives and the hurt and ruin that it causes, uh, you wouldn't want to go there. And, and Satan knows all of that. And so Satan, when he sets his trap, his snare for us, he has to sort of keep it out of sight. He doesn't want you to see the real picture or you would avoid it. We need to be careful. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the nose the deceitfulness of sin. 
Sin is a deceitful thing. Satan's hiding from us all that it really includes, both the hurt and ruin that can happen in this life, but especially he does not want you to think about eternal consequences. And so just like the guy who's trying to catch a bird, Satan, while he tries to catch us, wants to work secretly, keep things hidden from us, sort of camouflage the, the real outcome of the things that he's trying to get us to do. We know that a fowler adapts himself to his desired target. Uh, what kind of bird are you trying to get? Oh, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to get a turkey. Can you, so this guy's going turkey hunting. We already talked about the fact if he's going to be a turkey hunter, he's going to have to camouflage himself all up, right? Because you can't let them see you. So he's in his camo clothes. He's all camoed up. But he's sitting back here in the parking lot of the church building, sitting here in the back parking lot. He's, 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 he's disguised himself, but I'll tell you, you're not going to shoot a turkey in the parking lot of the church building. You're going, to have, you're going to have to go where he is. You're going to have to adapt yourself to his environment. You're going to have to learn his, his, his uh, uh, places and his activities. And you're, going to have to, you're going to have to adapt to a turkey. You want to shoot a duck? You're going to have to go a totally different place to get a duck, right? You want to shoot a pheasant? That's a different environment. You want to get quail? You go someplace else. And so a person who's trying to get a bird has to adapt himself to the target. What, who, what's he trying to get? And he has to adapt himself. You have to go where they are. Uh, you have to seek them where they live. Now, what about us? Satan knows that about us, too. And he knows that he's going to have to adapt himself to whatever your particular weakness is or my particular weakness is if he wants to get at us. We've pointed out many times that what you're weak about may not be any temptation to me at all. But on the other hand, what I'm weak about may be very easy for you. And we understand that, and I think Satan has a better understanding of that than we do. He knows our weak spot. And, and so he's going to adapt himself and his approach to us, particularly in regards to the things that will affect us. There are some, I'm sure I speak for you as I speak for myself, there are some kinds of sins that Satan can't get at us very good about that because we're not weak in that area. But there are other areas where he knows. He can come at us there and he'll, he has a greater potential for success because he adapts to our particular weaknesses. So if you're going to catch a bird, you adapt to that bird. Satan adapts to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Satan has lots of devices. He knows just what to do to entrap you. If one thing doesn't work, then he'll try something else, because Satan has many devices that he can use to come at you. I don't know, I, I, I don't know how you'd uh, quantify this, but it'd be my guess that Satan has more tools in his toolbox today than he's ever had before. And I think technology has made a lot of things available to him that he, that he wouldn't have had before. Uh, it, it's so easy to present temptations to us in, in so many different ways now. There are a lot of devices. And if he can't get you this way, he'll get you that way. He'll come at you this way. If that one doesn't work, he'll try something else. And so... Know that Satan adapts himself to us. And, and of course, beware. Just be on guard. And know that, that it, it, Satan will try anything to get at us. 
a while back we talked about Satan and how hard he works at this. And we mentioned in that lesson, you know, the very fact that Satan would try to tempt Jesus, the Son of God. You know, we read about that in Matthew 4, for instance. We read about the temptation of Jesus. That would, that, wouldn't that indicate to you, if nothing else, wouldn't that indicate to you that Satan is going to try anything and anybody? You're never going to be exempt. If Jesus wasn't exempt from the temptations that Satan would present, we're not going to be exempt from them. He's going to adapt himself to us and he's going to come at us. He knows where we're weak and he'll try us there for sure. Be careful. Be aware. Be on guard. You going to catch a bird? Well, one of the things that probably you're going to have to do is you, if you're going to be really successful, you need to use bait. Now, be warned, you guys who are hunters, we know that you're not allowed to bait. If you're going to shoot game birds, you can't bait them. And so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that any who hunt uh, should use illegal methods. But we understand that if you were just wanting to, to trap a bird or catch a bird, you would probably bait them. We've, we feed the birds in our backyard and and there are some kinds of food that they really like. And there's other kinds of food that they just sort of ignore. They don't pay any attention to it. So if you want to, for instance, if we want to attract more birds to our bird feeder, then we use the food that we know that they happen to very much like sunflower seeds. And over the years, we found that we've pretty much wasted our time and money to try and feed them any of that other kind of wild bird food. Might as well just go ahead and spend a little bit more and get sunflower seeds because that's what they like. And more birds will come to the feeder if you feed them sunflower seeds. We, we know that. Um, Satan knows that too. And he uses bait to attract us, the kind of bait that he thinks will really appeal to us. And typically, Satan's bait has to do with pleasure or profit or some kind of advantage that we think we can get if we do this particular thing. And so think about that. Satan's going to, Satan's going to tempt us or, or try to trap us, try to get us, because he's going to try to get us to go after something that appeals to us, something that we want, something that will gratify us. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about the man Moses. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy... Notice, the pleasure of sin for a season. We point out this verse lots of times, but don't ever forget. The pleasure of sin for a season. What about pleasure? Pleasure sin. You can't deny that, right? Satan uses that pleasure. Sin brings pleasure. Lots of sins. You can name a, a, a whole list of sins that in the moment that you engage them, they are pleasurable. That's why you would do it, you know. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't do this if it was a horrible thing, you know, uh, produced immediate terrible pain or consequence. You wouldn't do it. There's a pleasure associated with sin, lots of sin. But notice the pleasure of sin is just for a season. It's temporary. It doesn't last. We need to know that. So we we can't deny Satan baits us, tries to attract us with the pleasure of sin. But we've got to be wise enough to realize that that pleasure of sin is just a temporary thing. It won't last. Specifically, think about materialism. Going after money and the things that money will buy. Notice what Paul said to Timothy. We just recently studied this in our Wednesday night class. He says, they that will be rich fall into temptation. Oh, look, a snare. Those who 
will be rich. That is, those who want to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Isn't that interesting? There's our word. To get trapped. Uh, they fall into a snare. Many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Do you see it? So in regards to one particular kind of sin, the sin of materialism and covetousness, Satan uses that snare. Uh, and the idea is that there's going to be pleasure associated. There's going to be advantage. Uh, there's going to be power. Uh, there's going to be profit. And so I'll do anything to get a little bit more money. Uh, I'll cheat here. I'll lie there. I'll cut corners illegally in some other area so I can get more money because I want that profit. It's a snare. It's a temptation. And anytime we go after materialism and covetousness, we're falling into the trap of Satan. And we point out so often that we are in tremendous danger in the prosperous times in which we live. We are in so much danger of this particular kind of trap that Satan uses. And so uh, Satan uses bait to try to attract us. Something that would gratify us in the moment. That's what he's going to do to try to capture us. Let me suggest also that if you're going after birds, what you do is typically, often, you use decoys. Not every kind of bird hunting requires decoys, but a lot of, a lot of bird hunting requires the use of decoys. Josh and I were talking yesterday about duck hunting, and I said, how many decoys we got? Well, why? What's the, what's it matter? Well, if you're going to go duck hunting, you want lots of decoys. Plenty of decoys out there. How does a decoy work anyway? Well, the idea is, is so you're going duck hunting. And you're going to put a bunch of decoys out there in front of where you are hidden. We already talked about the fact you've got, to, you've got to be secret. You've got to be camoed up. You've got to hide yourself. You've got to go where the ducks are. The ducks are not going to land in the parking lot. You're going to have to go someplace where the ducks are. Uh, you can't use bait. In this instance, don't use bait. Josh, don't even think about it. No bait. But you would use decoys, right? And you put them out there. And the idea is... The ducks are going to come flying over and they're going, to, they're going to look down there and they're going to say, hey, look down there. There's a whole bunch of ducks down there. Your decoys look like ducks, right? You're going to make decoys. Your decoys have to look as realistic and lifelike as possible. And the ducks flying over are going to look down and say, hey, there's ducks down there. That's a good place to go. I'm going there. We're going to try to draw them in because there's others there and they want to be a part of that crowd, right? That's it. We understand the, the decoys. I tell you, Satan's pretty good at that approach as well. He uses people around us to make sin look good. Isn't that what he's doing? He's using people who are already in his camp, so to speak. They're already, they're already engaged in such activities. He's already got them where he wants them. He wants us. But he's going to use those people as decoys to try and draw us in to those kinds of activities. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's always been a true statement. It still is true. And that's why it's so important for all of us. We especially encourage our young people. It's why it's so important to choose the right companions. Be careful. Don't be decoyed by Satan. And, 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 and the expression that so characterizes this idea of being decoyed into a sinful situation is everybody's doing it. Right? How often, how often are we tempted to do something because everybody's doing it? 
When you, when you think that way or when you hear that expression, picture the duck flying over a, 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 a set of decoys. That duck is saying, hey, everybody down there is doing it. I'm going down there. And when he gets down there, he's going to get shot and killed, right? He's been decoyed in and it's going to be to his death. And spiritually, very often, when we have that idea, everybody's doing it, that's just a decoy pattern set out by Satan. He's trying to draw us in. The snare of the fowler. Psalm 91 speaks of the snare of the fowler. So, how does a fowler, one who wants birds, what does he do? Well, he, he hides his intentions, keeps it undercover, camouflages it up, makes it not look dangerous. He, he goes where they are. He's got to be in their living room. He's got to go where they are, where they're their weakest. He's got to, he's got to use some attractant, some bait, something that, that would grat, uh, sort of an instant gratification. He's got to use that. He's going to use decoys. I'm going to tell you, as you look at that, you realize that Satan sort of has a pretty good setup, doesn't he? Satan has a lot of ways to come at you. Satan is pretty skillful. Satan has a trap set for you. Do you realize that? There's a trap set for you here. The, the scriptural word in the text is snare. There's a snare set for you. Man, I'll tell you, if you're not careful, you're going to get in that trap. I mean, in fact, is it even, is it even possible that we can stay out of Satan's trap? Or is it just inevitable that we have to just fall victim to Satan? The answer, of course, no, it is not inevitable. We can avoid Satan. And that's what we want to end our lesson on, is just simply the assurance that we can avoid the snare of the fowler. Go back to that text one more time, Psalm 91, verse 1. We talked about the snare of the fowler. But notice, my God, in Him will I trust, He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. We don't have to to fall victim to Satan with God's help. And that's what this text is talking about. With God's help, we can avoid his trap. A verse that we so often reference along this line is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Notice there is a way to escape. God's going to make sure there's a way for us to escape the snare of the fowler. It, of course, is necessary for us to look for that way of escape. We've got to be searching for it. We've got to, be, we've got to take the initiative. We've got to use the way of escape that God provides. That way of escape can include lots of things. It, it can include prayer, fervency in prayer. It can, it can involve dedication in Bible study. It can involve using the strength that comes from our brothers and sisters in Christ. There are a lot of things. There's lots of different ways of escape that God has made available for us, but we do not have to fall victim to the snare of the fowler. We can avoid him. What about you this morning? Have you availed yourself of the things that God has made possible for you to escape out of the snare of the fowler? Now, the reality is that at, we all going to fall. Uh, all of the sin comes short of the glory of God, Romans 3, verse 23. And the wages of that sin is death, Romans 6, verse 23. 
But God has commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, verse 8. God has made the ultimate way of escape through His Son, Jesus Christ. Have you availed yourself of God's plan for your salvation? Upon hearing the truth, will you believe it? And having believed it, will you repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, be baptized for the remission of sins? If you've not done that, we hope you'll make that decision without delay. We'd be anxious to help you in your obedience. We'd also be glad to study with you more if you need that. Let us know. If you're a Christian already, but you've fallen back into the snare of Satan, come out of that. Repent, confess, pray for forgiveness. We'd be glad to pray with you and for you. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing.